Neil Channing's with me to discuss this week's talking points. We will start, Neil, with Phoenix Thoroughbreds, who have been suspended, albeit temporarily at the moment, by the British Horse Racing <laughs> Authority from entering horses. Quite clear to make that. They've not been banned from British racing. Yes. They have had their capacity to enter horses suspended. It's all a bit funny, isn't it, really? I mean, uh, they announced, well, it feels like a while ago, it must have been three weeks ago, that they weren't going to have any more runners in the UK. And Although they didn't, they didn't put a specific date on that. And then two days later, they had like five or something like that. I mean, there was a day where they had four or five, and people were saying, oh, they're going to do like a Barney Curly coup, and then finally leave. But... Uh, I, yeah, I find the whole thing a bit odd. I mean, they haven't been convicted. The guy hasn't been convicted of anything. Uh, you know, there is some kind of Ponzi scheme going on. He's not necessarily been involved in it. We don't really know that. Nobody's been convicted of that. He's possibly been involved in the money laundering. But you know, these are I, these are allegations. These are all allegations, and nobody's been convicted of anything. Quite clear on it. These are allegations in an American yeah. courtroom. No, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the idea that I mean, I don't know, the idea that you can ban people because they might be a bit dodgy. I mean, aren't we struggling it, for owners already? I mean, like they, so the, you, you could put a line through most owners of horses <laughs> if you had to ban everyone that was slightly dodgy. In 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 this in this um, instance, I think we've got to we've got to give it the right context. They've not been banned under the yeah. fit and proper person rule for the exact reasons no, that you're I suggesting. Know, exactly. But it, it, it is going to behove the racing administration yeah. system in, in this country to make BHH, sure to make sure that they're absolutely clear. If there's any yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. doubt about the provenance of the funds, to act, to make sure that the provenance of that funds is 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 yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, but if they if they find that the provenance of the funds is sound then presumably they have to give them the licence back to carry on running horses. Yeah. So I wouldn't be at all surprised, and indeed Phoenix Thoroughbreds have told this programme the same thing, yeah. that, that they'd be running horses again before too long and we'd be back into yeah. the same debate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the whole thing's a bit of a nightmare for the BHA. I don't envy them at all having to deal with it. And I, uh, I kind of feel like if I was them, I'd have just ignored it, really. I mean, at the end of the day, there's plenty of people doing worse things than they are alleged to have done. I'm guaranteeing you're the only person who sat in that chair who would have answered that question <laughs> in that way, but much more entertaining because of it. Uh, Doncaster, uh, this, this was a sad state of affairs for Doncaster, and they lost £250,000 at least in the process. You know what happened now. They went ahead with the government pilot scheme crowd trial on Wednesday, and then the public health director of Doncaster, the director of Public Health England in Doncaster pulled the trials for Thursday, Friday mm. and Saturday, meaning behind closed doors again. Now, happily, Warwick will go ahead and Newmarket's Cambridge yeah. meeting will go ahead with the support. I mean, how can local government or a local health uh, official uh, essentially yeah, yeah, undermine yeah. national government like it's this? It's weird. just not right. I mean, I'm finding the whole story quite strange because presumably if you are a local health official, uh, the worst thing that can happen is for you know, a major incident to happen mm. on your watch. And the easiest way for that not to happen is if you never let any big events happen in your area. Exactly. Uh, so once you've established that as a precedent, it's impossible for any sport or anything with a big crowd to ever happen again during the pandemic because a local government official will always say, well, I'd rather have a quiet life. Can we not have that concert or, uh, you know outdoor theatre or whatever. Wherever it is, any event that's going to bring a big crowd, 
Surely if you're a local government official who's responsible for health, you're just going to say, well, no, if, I, if I've got the power to stop it, I might as well stop it. So, yeah, that's kind of not good, is it? I, I noticed you on the pod you were saying, on the very popular Nick Luck Daily podcast, well done. Uh, um, that it was a big political decision. But I don't, I, the politics of it is not really left-right, is it? It's no. kind of... You know, the council in Doncaster is, is a Labour council, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the government are in a kind of mixed messaging situation as usual uh, in that, you know, one minute there's having trials for big sporting events, the next minute you can't meet up with more than five people. Um, so, yeah, I don't, the whole thing's a mess. But isn't this, isn't this the government's failure to communicate properly and accurately with local officials and local members of parliament? Yeah, but then you if... You feel that if the, if the national government had actually underlined mm. their policy in a clear way to the, local, to the local officials, then the local officials would not have been seeking to undermine Doncaster's bid to do something that True. the government was supporting, yeah. notwithstanding... No, I, I, I do agree with that. But then on the other hand, if the local officials have got the power to just say we'd rather not mm. have the hassle... Well, they're probably going to say that, aren't they? Just keep talking, because we'll just move straight into the mm. rule of six, which, of course, is the new government measure. Well, there was a, actually, yeah, I was thinking this morning when you told me about three minutes before we started what the talking points were going to be. Uh, I was saying, oh, what the hell am I going to say about the rule of six? But um, actually, I did see a couple of things in the paper this week that were interesting. Um, Newton Abbott. So we've seen Brian Marston do a couple of heartfelt interviews. Pat, I love Pat, uh, Pat, Pat Marston. Sorry, Brian Marston was an old friend of mine. It stuck in my head. Uh, Pat Marston. Um, and they were great interviews. And he, he very much espoused the, 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 the difficulties with running a small independent course and how you know, they're suffering with corona. And, and I feel for him. Uh, but I see they're doing some kind of food fair, and I'm not criticising them for doing that. That mm. seems like a really good thing to do, and it's outdoors, and I'm sure they've got procedures in place yeah. and whatever. I mean, and other race courses um, have had similar new, events. Newbury yeah. today have a thing where you can sit in one of those huge, large deck chair, comical deck chair things, and watch the sport on the big screen, and people will bring you drinks. That's happening at Newbury today. Um, these things are great. I'm not criticising the courses. I think fair play to them. You know, they sound like really fun events to go to, and I'm sure they'll be well organised. And they're outdoors, and uh, no problem at all. They've got to make some money. Uh, but like, if they can do that, you know, surely we can have kind of lean field with 200 people on a Wednesday or something like that. Well, um, and just the, open the doors. The, the interesting point is whether after October the first, with these. <clears throat> trials having taken place, mm. the sport can then go on a daily basis having either between 25% and 40% yeah. of, of, of capacity crowd at the, yeah, at I mean, the venues. I, That's I, one thing we're not quite yeah, sure I mean, of obviously yet, Obviously, I appreciate that, you know, politically there are things, you know, Cheltenham and whatever, that can look tricky. But for a day-to-day, you know, we talked about Enable, it was very sad, there were only a few people to clap at home, but there's probably a bigger crowd than an average Kempton meeting last winter. I mean, for normal day-to-day meetings, it, it doesn't make that much difference, you know, having a three or four hundred yeah. people there, um, maybe. What the sport is, is striving for is not just the amount of people, but a breadth of the population. 
as I'll well. Go through, I got through that rule of six thing without really slagging off the government enough. I feel a bit. Uh, you missed I, your opportunity. I gave you an upset. open goal. Uh, look, just take it as read. I think that they're doing it all terribly badly, <laughs> and that the, the whole pandemic is a situation that can be managed <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> the problem is that I don't think we can find anyone to actually disagree with that contention <laughs> on true. any side that's of the political true. divide at the that's moment. Uh, let's talk about this uh, this uh, in, initiative from the Diversity and Racing Steering Group then to um, not only get people back to the races, but also when we do get people back to the races to, to broaden um, the representation of people who are there. And as such, this week there was a um, LGBTQ plus uh, toolkit developed by the Diversity and Racing Steering Group to signal to everybody in the country that racing was a more inclusive place and particularly, um, particularly with reference to uh, the LGBT community. Yeah, I didn't really... I did see that story. I sort of half saw it. Um, it's funny, though, because, like, there aren't that many people that I can think of as, as uh, you know, that have come out in racing uh, compared with some sports. I mean, a few. I suppose there are a few fairly high-profile. Claire Balding, maybe. Um, <clears throat> I know you have Leon last week, who was brilliant, by the way. That was really good. Um, much better than me. He gets through these talking points much easier. Um, I don't know. I, I guess football is the worst sport in the world for for um, you know LGBTQ plus uh, um, acceptance, but uh, and and uh, encouragement of of uh, uh, people to actually come out. But uh, I don't know racing's a bit old fashioned, isn't it? And a bit. Hmm. So isn't the, isn't the fundamental underlying point that if racing is a little less old-fashioned and just a little more thoughtful, hmm. then all um, groups in society who may or may have felt marginalised will feel in a, a safe space and in an inclusive space if they come to the sport? Yeah. If, if you're putting initiatives like this in place, that's the idea, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to criticise the initiative. If they can do something to make the mm. sport more inclusive in any way, that's got to yeah. be a good thing. Um, I'm just not really sure why racing isn't like something that's easier for people who are different in any way mm. to sort of be accepted in. I, I don't, is it because it's a? Is it because it's a bit of a sort of upper class? Stuck in the mud, traditionalist sport in is some it, ways. Is it still? Well, I, well, I don't think it is particularly. I mean, like, or is you it, know, is I, that, I saw. I, I think it was Lee. Is that again. just the image being? You know, well, I think it was Lee again. He was t- talking about you know the whole situation with the jockey club and and this perception that it's an old boys club and whatever. And I think he was saying uh, that in terms of um, you know the number of women that work there, it does much better. Mm, yeah, than, gender pay gap. Yeah, the reads gender, better yeah, than it exactly. does across so, a lot so of industries. So maybe it is just a, a bit of a perception that racing is a bit mm. fuddy duddy and stuck in the mud and, and a bit. Oh, but I don't know. But I it, mean, you know, like women, we're, we're having a good run with women jockeys, aren't we? I mean, we we have some strong women trainers, well, I would, but not that many. Yeah, I would consider that the. the, the the progress of female jockeys is now what you would call genuine progress because of the... But it's not equal. Yeah. No, it's not equal. But it is, it, it is genuine mm. progress, whereas the trainers... Well, that's another whole... Yeah, that's yeah, one, one yeah. for next week, because I'm going to move on. OK. And Sorry. talk about... I don't know whether I more, really answered that last more, one. Well, it's, but we had an interesting conversation. Mm. That's what it's all about. We, we, I want to talk about the, the Jets-inspired uh, films in association with the Professional Jockey Association, which we have shown uh, on this channel as well. And particularly the testimonies this week of Kieran Schumacher, who gave a very good interview mm. to ITV earlier in the year, 
or last year, and Ray Dawson, who's been riding winners yeah. hand over fist. And he's been riding oh, really well, good, hasn't he? he? That's a good but this is what coming he's, off the carpet rugs. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, he's been... The, 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 first of all, he's been riding really well. Um, I, I'm sure Kieran Schumacher's been riding really well as well. I just can't... Like, Ray Dawson's been really mm. high profile well, recently. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this is a good initiative, isn't it? I mean, the, the, you know, the, it's Suicide uh, Awareness Day the other day, wasn't it? It was. And, uh, we've had a terrible uh, time of that in racing in the in the recent times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't watched the film yet, but I do intend to. I'm sure it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, this idea of... Um, yeah, because it's a pyramid sport, isn't it? It's a star system. People come in and basically... You know, they don't shovel horse manure because that's something they wanted to do. Often they do that because they like to try and become a top jockey. And by definition, uh, there's only a limited number of top jockeys. So along the way, people fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. uh, and even if you are, you know, a relatively successful jockey, it maybe looks a bit easier from the outside than it is. Uh, you're, you know, you have high expenses. You're doing a lot of driving. You're away from home all the time. Uh, you know, you're having to maintain relationships with several trainers, riding out for free sometimes. Uh, and I, I'd imagine that if you're in the middle tier, you're not really coining it in as much as people might think you are. Uh, and it's probably quite a tough life. And it's quite solitary as well. You maybe feel like you can't really open up. It's quite male as well, I guess. Um, and, you know, Young men are not very good at opening up about stuff like that. It's good that people come out and speak about mental health, health issues, especially with the pandemic as well, because I think that makes it harder for mm. everyone. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning, I haven't left the house for five days. I've literally done nothing but sit and watch sport for the last five days. Uh, and it's not great, actually. If racing hadn't existed during the pandemic, I think I'd have cracked up even more than I uh, have in the last... 30 years and well on a, and just to cap that semi-seriously I think that I was being serious yeah I know actually, but, like, yeah. but, no, but I mean, but you said if I, I would have cracked up more than I have done in the yeah. last 30 years and but to but to cap that seriously I think that mm. applies to a lot of people during the I think racing the fact that racing and live sport has been there has been a great source of comfort mm. to, to an awful lot of people particularly people who are um, maybe that little bit older uh, you made the point about jockeys not being able to coin it in unless they're at the very top, I, I would say. Well, it all ties into to the, the, the prize money debate. Before we welcome in Paul Darling QC, the mm. chairman of the levy board, you can at least <clears throat> give your well, two minutes' worth, just two minutes' well, worth. Well, I mean, I don't know. We've had a couple of people... I don't want to, I'm not singling out any particular owners, but there have been a couple of owners coming out recently and saying that they're cutting down because of prize money. Uh, and I think that's a reasonable thing to say because, you know, of course, the, it's their money. They can do whatever the hell they want with it. But, but also, you know, you can say that as a general point over the last 10 years that if you compare races with specific races with how much you got for winning that race 10 years ago, you can say, well, we haven't made much progress and, uh, uh, you know, costs of keeping a horse and whatever keep going up because of, you know, inflation and whatever. Um, and I can understand that, but it sort of seems a bit strange when people say, I don't really get people complaining about prize money during the pandemic. I mean, it is a global pandemic. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world have died. Uh, and 
of course, you know, the economy's going to suffer, we're going to have two million people unemployed. I kind of find it a bit hard to have sympathy with people that own, you know, multiple numbers of racehorses, suddenly discovering that it? the prize money isn't going to make them a profit in the year. But isn't it, it just is that, isn't it just that constant day. tension, isn't it, between the people running the sport and the people who are the sports participants? It's mm. just that, that always that simmering tension that I was talking about in today's paper, yeah. which in the end actually dr- probably drives it forward because the those campaigning for more are probably thinking, well, I want to keep you honest. I'll hold your feet to the fire because if I don't campaign for yeah, more, no, you'll try, you'll try I, and I, use I, the pandemic there, to get away uh, with it. There have been some good interviews recently, and I, I listened to the Barry Hearn one. And uh, you know, I, Barry Hearn and I don't agree politically particularly, but he's a good, fun guy, and I, I, I actually know him a bit from years ago. And um, I thought he did a really good interview. And I, this idea that racing spends a lot of time arguing about the slicing of the pie, he would say you're getting it all wrong. You just need to get a bigger pie. And uh, they should spend more effort on growing the pie than they do on arguing about slicing and dicing the pie. Um, I know we've run out of time, but I did intend to say, I did find it a bit weird that the last race at Doncaster yesterday, a one and a half mile handicap, I think, I, I, I could be wrong on the numbers, but I think, I probably am wrong on the numbers, I think the prize money went up from sort of 11 grand to 14 grand to 25 grand over the last three years in that one and a half mile mm. three-year-old handicap. Uh, and it got five runners yesterday. That's rubbish. Uh, a 0-90 class three handicap but, over one and a half miles on good but, ground. But, uh, people like, would argue how can that, you that, win that's about because, prize money and not those, That's because the middle tier race. horses who are running, middle to higher mm. tier horses who are in the 0-90 at Doncaster, yeah. perfect. They're all being sold to go to Australia well, and Hong Kong tr- and well, disappearing out of the system. Well, I know there's, there's right, three races. By the way, there's three races at Let me quickly say there's three races. No, 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 you can keep going because it's related to the next point, which is split screens and all the racing yesterday, well, most of the racing apart from Ireland and Musselburgh, yeah. which was here. Most of the racing was on Sky. You yes. get other Saturdays where all the racing's here. There's nothing on Sky. Yeah. So you're gonna, you get a split-screen situation. And people so, moan about split-screens. What does it do from a... What, what is, you wanted to talk about this. Well, I mean, what it does... So from I a, don't get sacked. What it, you what, what it does from it. a prize money point of view is it cuts down turnover. You know, if you're busy watching uh, an interesting race at Fontwell, and some people might say, well, what the hell are we doing that for? It's the flat season. Uh, but, you know, we are in this kind of transitionary period between the two seasons, and we do we, summer jumping is quite an established thing, if we still call it the summer. Uh, that, that seems reasonable to me that we still have that. So that putting that aside, uh, I just think it's a bit odd when you're race planning that you don't think about the, the television channels that are going to cover it. If someone's sort of saying, I tell you what, let's have these three meetings on a, on a Monday... Mm. Why are all three of the on uh, Monday afternoon, all three of them on the same channel? That should because be a part it, of the decision-making process. Because the race courses, who essentially have yeah, the control yeah. over what appears yeah, on the two different they've channels... They've got too much power of the feature list. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is one of the main problems of racing. So it is, neither, it is neither Sky Sports no, Racing's fault, nor I, is it I, Racing I, TV's fault. I definitely fault. wasn't blaming yeah. Sky Sports Racing or Racing TV for the fact that there are split screens and clashes and whatever... But, but there could be a bit more race, a, race course racing cooperation. as a whole yeah. could bang their heads together and say, if we want to get prize money up, we need turnover on gambling to go up. We need stuff to you know, work better in tandem. And it just feels a bit daft. It feels like a shot in the foot that, that we had split screen watching some Irish jumps racing a couple of weeks ago when York was on. And then 
yesterday, you know, we missed the beginning of the Doncaster race because we were watching Fontwell. How how long is it now? Twenty year, twenty one years ago, twenty years ago, all mm. the courses got together and they entered into a new, brand mm. new media yeah. uh, age. There were eleven courses who opted out, yeah. and now we're even less unified than that. And it all know. goes back to that. If all the courses could yeah. agree on one unified well, I mean, uh, you media know, strategy, a lot of, obviously a lot of would... racing problems can be traced anyway, back a long way. That's... The, the you know, bookmakers and whatever in the sixties. That's it for this week's. There you go. Phew. Thank God. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai.